Welcome aboard, Captain. Back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. I must be your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how are you doing? Happy Good. Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. Um, so we've got a uh, we've got a guest uh, in house. We, uh, we we haven't had a guest on in a little while, so we want to welcome John Doobie to the show. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. How we doing? You guys probably know you probably know John from the model that I posted. John created the model that my wife and him schemed behind my back to build. <laughs> Months in the planning. Yes, so we appreciate it, or at least I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I haven't even seen it in person yet. I can't wait to see it in person. So, uh, so it was a beautiful piece of work. Yeah, fun to do for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, here we are. It's uh, uh, the infamous Minute 59 of The Search for Spock. Minute 59 starts with Savick placing Vulcan teenage Spock's hand on her own. And it ends a minute later with Sulu saying, we are. We are what? I'm not really worried about Sulu at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very, very concerned, confused, uh, and wondering what's going on here with Savick and Spock. I've had questions since 1983, 84 <laughs> of what actually happens uh, in this minute. So John, I'm glad you're here. I hope you have the answers for us. <laughs> well, insofar as I can help you figure out the, uh, I consider this like the Star Trek sex minute. So, you know, <laughs> I'll try to lend whatever expertise I can. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, where do we start? It, it's, it's, um, it's it's Pon Far, right? Um, yes, Pon Far has come. It has come, as we learned in last minute. Yes, it, had come, it has come. So, yeah. So this is the beginning of, uh, presumably, the beginning of the Pon Far ceremony, and I think this is the, probably the first time in canon that we've witnessed it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think they. I don't know. Do they? Well, we know they don't mention it in obviously the two movies, and I don't know if they ever mention it on. TOS. Well, the, the episode in TOS with Pon Far where uh, you know Spock has to really take Spock right. back to Vulcan when he freaks out. Yes. Um, yes. He, he ends up not not going through the ritual because he ends up having the the fight with Kirk. Right. Um, which exactly. was the I had, I had to look this one up too. This is he that that fight to the death was the Kun Ut Calife. Calife. Yes. Calife. Yep. That's correct. Um, so so yeah so we did not get to get to see that because that went down in a di- in a different way. Spock ended up um, essentially releasing Tapring from their from their bond, so she could be with the other Vulcan. I forget his name. Um, so we. Ston. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ston was his name. Ston. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we didn't get to see this. So this is uh, presumably uh, the beginning of of the ritual or the entire ritual. What, what do you guys think? So this is the beginning. So according to our friends over at Memory Alpha, it says Vulcans generally touched fingers before touching their faces together. So this is the beginning of the ritual. Okay. Yeah, definitely the beginning because, you know, it's a PG movie, so they can't show <laughs> the middle and end of it. 
<laughs> well, that's the. I, I guess I just. I guess we need to just. I, we, I need to go there. I need to go there. So this minute is is the ritual, and and um, I think it's I think it's interesting that you know Savic starts it with you know sliding her fingers along Spock's hand, and he actually uh, looks like he figures it out. He does it too, and then he actually does another an, another motion. Right? You get he does yeah, two he, different sequences. So yeah, he he does yeah he does the touching the fingers similar to what she does, and then he grabs her wrist. To I guess intensify the the yeah. motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, she she also she grabs his wrist first, mm. and then she lets go, and then they kind of rub fingers together, and then he grabs her wrist. Right. I was just struck by the you know he re- the first gesture he repeats, then he grabs her right. wrist, and then he does a different gesture, which I found interesting because that's we've talked a little bit <clears throat> on the show so far of how much this you know uh, empty Spock. You know how, how much of what he's doing is Vulcan instinct, you know, versus you know he's learning it from 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 the people around him. But you know he's only been with these with these guys for maybe a couple of hours, right? Um, so I found it interesting that he's able to do part of the ritual on his own. So it must be instinctual. Yeah, Vulcan Vulcan programming. Well, I, I mean, I think like uh, like I went back and watched a muck time because I was doing a little research for the minute, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the that Spock even likened likens it to salmon, you know, that they return back to the river, you know, that they spawned in and they have to, and if they don't, they die. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's something in the DNA of Vulcans that mm-hmm. they they know exactly what to do. Interesting. Okay, so this is part of that. So, so, so it does fit then. You, so you're you're yeah. you're proposing that the the ritual is part of the swimming upstream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. How else would he have known? Yeah. Yep. And you know, not to not to you know cut it too short as far as what the ritual does, but the <laughs> the the minute essentially ends with Savic just giving him a long stare. And, and so they, she. And then they, I, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I was gonna say, yeah, she sort of gives him the, the the stare, and then somewhat of a nervous swallow as to what is coming next. And then she looks very resolute, like I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna do this. We're gonna. This is gonna happen. Okay. So then let's 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 go around the room. So, so I, I think I know the answer. So, so do they consummate this ritual, Dave? I believe so. I 100% believe that they consummate the, the ritual. John, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I don't think uh, that I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, you know, just because I think you know, if they don't, uh, Spock will die. Okay. So this is this has been the big question mark for me. This is what I've been waiting to get to is because I, I mm. probably 80 to 90 percent also think that they do. Um, but I've always won. But I'm also like, really? They they do? Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there's so there's so much the, the you know, uh, I would think there's be so much baggage after this between Spock and Savick. Um, well, that's an emotional. You're thinking of it emotionally, and this is clearly not an emotional thing for them. And Vulcans suppress their emotions, so. You and I and John and the rest of the human race would think of this as an emotional attachment, but it is so far from it for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. And, and I think, again, it's kind of 
it's jumping ahead a little bit to the next movie, but I think there's an implication in the next movie in particular that they absolutely consummated it and it did have some emotional weight, um, you know, because of how sort of Savick's character uh, ends up uh, in the next movie, actually. I think mm-hmm. it's implied rather heavily that, um, you know, there may have been not just a consummation of Ponfar, but uh, that he actually may have had a child with Savick. We also know from a book that, and, I, and I'm drawing a blank on the book because I know we talked it about it before that mm-hmm. Savick and Spock actually marry at some point in the Star Trek universe. So yeah, that was a uh, that was Vulcan's heart. Yes, Vulcan's heart. Yes, yeah. um, I read that. I read that for homework um, as part of the research here, and it was a um, an interesting tie-in of the Next Generation and uh, the movies, and it's the you know, I think um, Picard makes makes a comment when he meets Sarek in the Next Generation that he was that he attended his son's wedding, mm. uh, and it turns out that it is the wedding of Spock and Savick. Oh, okay, uh, interesting. And they uh, and actually they both, as a subplot of the movie of the book, um, they're both going through Ponfar again. Uh, right. I think, I think we learn up until this point, up until this film, we we only know that or we know that. Ponfar seems to affect males, but we, it's, we learn later in, I think, Enterprise that Ponfar also affects females. Right. Um, yes. And so that's a that's a subplot of the book is that they're they're separated. They're both doing their their separate missions, but they're both going through Ponfar, and it's you know race against the clock kind of thing. They've got to get their missions done before they, you know, die of the plaque tau, the blood fever. Um, it was it was an interesting read. It was very clever the way it tied everything together. Um, mm. Uh, as far as the, the you know these this, these comments in the next generation and then tying it to uh, really the search for Spock, um, but it wasn't the uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'd recommend that one. I just realized, Dave, I'm doing Chris's book corner again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so is, is the is the book canon or not canon? Well, I think we determined that most of the books are not canon. Okay. It's only the TV shows and the movies that are canon. Right. I think there's. You know the different levels of quality of the books. I've only read a handful of them, and you know some are great, mm. and they you know they stand alone, which is nice. It's kind of like the original series. Uh, they they just have a beginning, middle, and end, and they don't really affect you know long range canon. Um, right. But uh, this one was just a, a neat way of of, of stitching together uh, moments that have been mentioned in other other shows. So. Going back to something, you know, John had said, you, you had said in the next movie, there's, we believe that there is some sort of emotional attachment and, uh, between Savick and Spock. And I guess I, I guess I do believe that because they do, they are not full Vulcans. And I guess I, I believe that because we've seen, seen signs of, uh, Savick exp- expressing emotions. And we, we obviously know that Spock is not, you know, he's half human. So I definitely agree with the, the sense that for them, these two Vulcans, it may be more because they do have that um, that emotional uh, capacity, and they're not fully suppressed. So, in that regards, I do 100% agree with that. But I would think most Vulcans, it is it, it's not an, an emotional thing. So I don't know if I agree with you guys or not. Uh, my 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 read in this was, you know, Spock is 100% emotion and instinct and impulse. Mm. Right. 
because he has no training, right? So he's kind of that. What would you? I think you call him Dave, but the, the, the primitive Vulcan. Yeah, primitive uh, Vulcan. Yeah, and I and I feel that Savic is just she's one that just making the logical decision, like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I have to. Right. Um, well, yeah, I think I think in this moment he is all emotion. I think post, you know, uh, reintegration, you know, Spock will regain his, you know, his faculties. And it won't be as much of an emotion thing, even though he does he does he does feel the emotions like because of his human side. Yeah. Well, I also think that um, Spock is the one going through Pon Far, right? And and Savic isn't. Um, you know, so her decision is a is a logical decision. You know, if I don't do this with Spock, Spock will die. Um, so I kind of definitely can see that, um, uh, because I think, um, when, uh, they mentioned this in a, in a uh, time, actually, when you're going through Pond Far, it's basically, you lose all control of your emotions. So when yeah. you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's something I think I, I had asked in one of the, one of our previous minutes when Chris and I were talking was, is that what happens? Do you just lose all of your, your faculties and you are just a bundle of emotions? Yeah, well, Spock talks about that in that in that episode. He says basically their logic is stripped away from them. So yeah, I mean, I I kind of think of this uh, this particular scene with both of them as Spock's all emotion because he's going through Pon Far, mm. uh, and Savic is not going through Pon Far, and she's simply making a logical decision. If I don't help him through this, he's going to die. Thank God for Savic. What if Savic wasn't here? He would the movie be over right yeah it'd be they would find spock and he would be dead again indeed and can i just because I, I, I know you guys have talked about this on previous minutes um you know i, I wish it was kirsty alley in this scene <laughs> well actually pretty much in every scene that that Savic is in uh you know just so much of a better uh actor um I, and I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Robin Curtis trying to sell the I'm completely logical Savic, but I would have liked a little bit more emotion from her in this particular moment. I mean, we do get the little gulp, you know, uh, yeah. you know, but but that's about it. I, I you know it's it we we've definitely talked about it, John. You're right, and 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 I think I I think just recently where I was I was sharing with Dave that you know over the course of the movie I have. I, I I am now, you know, full on Robin Curtis is Savage. Yeah, I am. I am as well. I am. Is, it's weird because the first half of the movie, I was like, "Damn it, where is you know Kirstie Alley?" And um, I am in one hundred percent agreement with you, Chris. Because yeah, we've now come to know Robin Curtis as Savage, and I feel like this is just. I feel like she does a very good job. I I we probably gave her a lot of grief at the beginning of this this uh you know movie as well as probably at the end of you know wrath of khan but i feel like she does a she does a good job i think yeah. she gets un, i think she gets unwarranted grief i think we all agree that we all want would rather have had kirstie alley from the beginning i think that's everyone agrees that but i think now that we're watching the movie i think we're as enjoying her take on it as well am i only concerned john with concern <laughs> if, it, if it was Kirstie Alley here uh, I feel like it might have gone a little 
a little more to the smoldering side and it might have been a little too much emotional savic you know I've, maybe that's just a, you know, that because of the actor's choices on how they how they play the role i think it would mm. have been i don't know i i, I kind of like this cold yeah you know, she's not cold but you know the, the vulcan savic here uh, right i think kirsty alley would have been i don't know she would have like undone her hair <laughs> that would have been the last moment we saw <laughs> but it's regulation <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah, I think it, it would have been an interesting take. It definitely would have been an interesting take if she had done it. Yeah, I guess I like the smoldering. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I think we're all we're all kind of in agreement. They they they're they're uh, they're cutting away from the scene because it's a PG movie, and uh, we're not going to see the rest of things. Um, I did I did do a, a, you know a little research you know beyond. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this too, that there's actually a, there was a scene that was filmed in the voyage home, uh, where Savick discusses her being pregnant with, she discusses it with Kirk and it got cut. Really interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that scene exists. Like if it's on the, on the Blu-ray of voyage home, I haven't watched it and I haven't watched the Blu-ray of voyage home. So I I don't know, but, uh, I definitely want to go see how that played out. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, yeah I haven't seen the Blu-ray version, so I've only seen um, obviously the Voyage Home, uh, the original version, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's I think it's heavily implied that she's. I mean, I always assume that she was pregnant because she chooses to stay behind, you know, while the rest of the crew kind of goes off. Um, so I always thought that she was. Oh, so you you thought even just in the cut of the of of what we actually see in the voyage home. You got, you got that impression from that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, see, I'm going to be watching it with a totally different eye next time I, when we get to <laughs> next season. Did, did you think that Dave? I did not to be perfectly honest. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a, like, Oh man, it, it would take, it would, it would take Star Trek in a whole different direction. It would. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, the, on the, I think I could get behind it. I, I, I miss Savick that we, we don't see her in the other films. Um, I think seeing a, a you know, child Spock might be interesting or terrible. Uh, well, I feel like this is, this again, this is one of those things that they, they imply or they throw out. And I know I've been, I have harped on this a lot. And, you know, the MacGuffin and, you know, hey, proto matter or, hey, you know, this is this or and, you know, the implication that she could be pregnant and then never seeing Savick in another movie or in another conversation. Because we obviously see Spock again multiple times. We see him, you know, later in Star Trek Next Generation. We see him later in the reboots and the, the Kelvin timeline. And there's no no nothing, no right. implication. Not that they need to, but it's just it just sort of ends with this and that's it. And, and I agree that this is probably, you know, as you're, as you're famous for saying, Chris, I think this is a missed opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I think that would have been really interesting if they had kind of explored that a little bit, but that's a whole other movie, I think going in a whole other different direction. But uh, yeah, I think they, I think they imply it just by the fact that Savick, uh, this is again, jumping ahead to uh, the fourth movie. Uh, but I think it's heavily implied when Savick just kind of stays on Vulcan and doesn't go with them. And mm. you never get a reason why why she doesn't go with them. It doesn't seem to make sense. And the only thing 
I remember watching it at the time and, you know, in subsequent watchings. Um, the only thing that makes sense is there has to be a reason she'd want to stay on Vulcan. Right. They don't, we, the last shot of her, we don't see her with like her hand, hands on her belly, do we? I don't remember that. Uh, not, not that I recall. No, she's just talking to uh, Spock and they just, you know, she just says good day, Captain Spock, and he says, you know, may your journey be free of incident. And uh, he responds with live long and prosper, Lieutenant. Very, very formal. non-emotional, very formal. I was just, uh, I was just thinking as we're as we're talking, and you know, like uh, we haven't seen, you know, never saw Savick again, and and so you know, what's really our next opportunity? You've either got if they do another, you know, reboot film, you've got an opportunity potentially there. Uh, but then I was thinking, oh, what about in Discovery? Discovery happens ten years or so before uh, the original series, but. The backstory from the Rathacon novelization says, you know, there's pretty big, there's a pretty big age difference between Spock and and Savick, and she was found on like a uh, uh, she was like a feral child on a Romulan outpost or something. It was some she got some really crazy backstory. Um, mm. So I don't know if that that time would even line up with the Discovery timeline. So I don't think we'd be able to see. You know, that would be really tough. I think to squeak in a feral savic on some random planet <laughs> but yeah maybe the reboots i mean they could still pull it off in a reboot right sure definitely Absolutely. they can do whatever they want uh well that's all the notes i had unless I, you know it's Pomfire is pretty pretty deep and lots of questions but did you guys have any other notes for for this one mm-hmm. no, i think we hit the the highs and the lows i were. just have yeah i just have one sure uh, and it's always bothered me. Um, so I, I did a little. I did a little research on Ponfar, um, and basically, it's a process that happens every seven years. Um, and Spock ages in the movie, clearly beyond just the point that he's at right now. Right. Um, right. But we don't get multiple Ponfars; we just get the one. So I was kind of curious about that. Okay. So I. I, you just reminded me of something I, I forgot in my research. Um, there is a there is a there's a documentary on YouTube. I don't know if you guys saw it uh, about Ponfar. No. <laughs> uh, which is it's pretty it's pretty funny in that it's like it has a narrator that sounds like he's just doing a you know a wildlife documentary. <laughs> Vulcans go through a mating ritual every seven years, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it does a nice job of tying in. Pretty much all the, all the all the ins, all the incidents of Ponfar that have occurred in the films and in the TV shows. So they've done it, in, you know, in Voyager, in Enterprise. Um, I forget if there's another one, but uh, so they weaved them all together, <clears throat> and and obviously they're showing some scenes from this film as part of that. But there's a when they talk about Plaque Tau and the blood fever, and that's kind of the culmination of you know before they, that's like the peak of it before they mm. they lose it or they die. And when they're talking about that moment, they talk about a minute that's coming up in this film when, and I, Dave, you know, I'm going to have to jump ahead a little bit, but when yep. we get to watch uh, uh, Spock, what I've always assumed was Spock surging in growth when you look at his face yes. and it's all kind of, but they, they use that moment as a, as a reference to a Ponfar moment. And so, uh, and we also see uh, Spock 
become extremely violent with a Klingon in this film too, um, not too far ahead of where we are here. Mm. So I wonder, John, if, if you're right, if, if it does occur again and it's just, you know, he's doing the, um, his own, uh, Calife <laughs> by, <laughs> by kicking the Klingons around. That could be, yeah, that could be his release, definitely. Yeah, because that's one way to end it, right? You don't necessarily yep. have to consummate. You can have this, 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 uh, the what is it, the, the battle to the death? I forget, or the, using the wrong phrase, but. Um, no, I think you got it, Cal Calife. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, there's three ways to, um, there's three ways to go through Ponfar. One is the mating. Uh, the second is the Calife, which is the fight to the death, and then there is intensive meditation which I don't believe that this Spock would be uh, capable of intensive meditation. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. So John, what do you think? Does that, does that, is that plausible? Have you, have either of you ever thought those upcoming minutes would have been related to Ponfar? So I, I didn't think about it until we started talking about the, the lost Ponfars and that makes total sense. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it makes total sense to me. Now, now it does. So thank you for clearing that up for me, Chris. Well, it, sure. Uh, and again, I, I'll, I'll post a link to the documentary on our Facebook listener page so you guys can all see the uh, – it, it's it's clever. But it's, it's it's a neat way to tie it all together because that was definitely something that – you know, Ponfar is still one of those Star Trek mysteries, I guess. They haven't quite – we they haven't explored it in all the details, and which is fine. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with a mystery. You don't have to answer everything for me. Uh, but it was nice to see something all in one place of all the different occurrences of it. All right. Um, well, then, John, a uh, quick question for you, maybe quick question for you. Uh, do you remember, <laughs> do you have any memories of uh, the first time you saw Search for Spock? Uh, hmm. Yes. Uh, I have a very distinct memory, actually, uh, of seeing it. I saw I saw all the films in the movie theater. Okay, um, and uh, this is this is well, I can't really say it without jumping ahead, but I'll I'll give it to you this way. Uh, I've only cried at two movies in my entire life. Uh, one was Brian Song, oh. uh, if you guys are familiar with that film. Yep. yep. Uh, and the other was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And there is literally a scene uh, you guys have not gotten to it yet that's going to be coming up that I literally uh, wept like a baby in the movie theater. Well, that's sweet. So you didn't, okay, but that's, I'm, and I'm trying to guess which one it might be. Yeah. So actually that might be fun. Is it a, uh, oh, do you want to guess, Dave, what it is? I think I know when it is. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, yeah. I have two guesses. Um, my first guess is the, the very last moment when uh, Spock says, your name is Jim. That is not the correct answer. All right. Dave, you go. I believe it's going to be when uh, David uh, dies. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's okay. Also, not the correct answer. Oh. Okay, I got one more. Wait, yeah, I got two, right? I had two. Uh, go ahead. The destruction of the Enterprise. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, John, I am, well, I... I'll, I'll have to wait. You you can talk, you can talk about. It. I have to wait. Um, so that's those are the two times. So you did not cry when Spock died in Wrath of Khan. Mm. Uh, 
no, I actually didn't cry at that. I, I love that scene, obviously. Um, but nope, wow. didn't happen. Steelhearted. <laughs> I love me my Enterprise. <laughs> All right. Um, well then, uh, guys, want to wrap it up here? I am good to go. Absolutely. John, will you be able to uh, come back and join us on Wednesday? Oh, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, great. Well, uh, guys, if you want to find us uh, in the meantime online, we're at uh, StarTrekMinute.com, and we're also on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You can find us at Star Trek Minute. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back again with John on Wednesday to talk about Minute 60 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. See ya.